Hey friends, welcome back to the Kate Take Podcast. I'm so happy that you have joined me this week and I am smiling big because I have one of my favorite humans um, on the podcast this week, a very good friend of mine, a fellow coach, my sister coach as we call it, and just an overall gem of a human being, um, Miss Meredith Borsgaard. Welcome to the Kate Take. I'm excited to be here. I'm honored. Oh, I'm honored that you said yes to this too. And Meredith is someone that I've wanted to have on for a while um, for lots of different reasons. Um, Meredith is one of the most consistent people when it comes to her health, her fitness, her mindset, her faith, just an overall good person. And um, I know a lot of the listeners of the Kate Take also really love listening to The Messy Truth, which is Meredith's podcast. And I'll link her podcast in the show notes here. But um, Meredith is a mom to be, um, due in October, correct? October, yep. correct. Yes, I have so many friends do that are in like <laughs> October, November. I got to keep everyone straight. Um, but a mom to be, and Meredith has really had an, um, an up and down road, an amazing journey to get to motherhood. And I'm really proud of her, of where she is now and some things that she overcame. And, um, you know, I'm going to put this out as we start recording this podcast, that a trigger warning, we are going to talk about pregnancy loss today, um, and miscarriage and coming back from that. So if that's a space where you cannot mentally handle that right now, I'm just going to ask you, you know, skip over this episode, maybe come back to it a different time. Um, but that is something that Meredith, um, very gracefully, um, went through earlier this year. And so she's going to kind of share her story on that experience and how really focusing on her health and her fitness and her faith and her mindset and all those things, um, pulled her through. So I'm excited you're here, Meredith. Why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about yourself and your background before we jump into that side of your story? feel humbled. <laughs> the way you just talked about me is so kind. But yeah, I am. My name is Meredith. I also have a podcast that Kate mentioned, and I talk a lot on there too. Um, after coming out about our loss on that as well. And like Kate said, you know, this could be triggering. So just beware. Um, but giving a lot of good tidbits on not even just a loss in um, pregnancy, but just like overcoming anything that's hard in life, right? Because we, we all have those things. But again, my name is Meredith. I am married to my husband, Drake. We are expecting our rainbow baby in October. So I'm currently in the third trimester, which is mind blowing. And I think this is really good timing to do this because I've had to really be humble about this experience for the last few weeks because I've been slowing down <laughs> and I've been tired. Um, but honestly, like when I say I'm grateful for it, I really mean that. And that back plays a lot on our loss. Um, but I am a little bit about me other than that. I live in Southern Minnesota. I becoming a full-time coach, like you heard Kate mention, um, I worked at a nonprofit and I worked a lot with youth and getting them into subsidized housing. And then I went into a setting for school. So Kate and I have similar backgrounds with working in education. She was a teacher and I worked with one-on-one um, -on -one with students who had um, mostly IEPs. Anyways, I worked a lot with like kids and social services field. And I found myself in those years of right out of college, working the nine to five, quote unquote, what really was more like a seven in the morning till much later in the evening. I was serving a few nights a week to meet uh, because my then fiance and I were buying a house together, our first house, and we needed to save every penny that we could. And I found myself even as, you know, someone who had a forward thinking mindset, even at the age of 21 loving fitness. I had a forward thinking mindset. I wanted more for my life. I thought about, you know, grad school. I even researched like programs to go into. I looked at 
schools to do online because I was in Southern Minnesota and I didn't want to commute and I wanted to still work full time. So I always had this vision of like, okay, what I'm doing next, what's going to be the next thing. Um, while I was also just like really struggling with body image and feeling truly lost in my own mind and just feeling lost and just like, I don't know, I lost myself really in that pursuit of like always caring for other people, being in the service of, or the field that I was in of work and wanting to achieve more. And I'm the oldest of many siblings. So it's like, I was always the achiever and the doer. And I wanted to be someone who like really was a, I was setting the pace for the rest of my siblings, I felt like, which seems silly, but if you're your oldest sibling, you kind of maybe understand that because I had a lot of standards put on me, I feel like. And I got to the point where I was commuting to that job, which was 30 minutes away for that nonprofit, serving a few nights a week, feeling lost and just like, I told you my mind, my body, everything. And I wasn't truly actually taking care of myself. Um, and that is when I really dove into, you know, coaching, which brought me into this space of having just like, it changed my entire life. Like that, that program I signed up for and the community I dove into, which we're not talking about today, but that one's that one decision in your life. And I know because of those things and because of this community and the way I've grown myself through fitness and mindset, prepare me for going through a loss. Because truly I can say, um, it's anyone who goes through a pregnancy loss, but if I didn't have those tools in my toolbox, I don't know how I would have come out as a better person, honestly. So that's a snippet about me. Mm. I don't know if there's any further things you want to ask, but no, I love it. I just think it's one of those things where, um, for Meredith's story, I think it's so relatable for us of like, I know it's relatable to me of like that feeling that doesn't matter your age, whether you're 21 and fresh out of college or you're 31 and you're, you know, whatever married, maybe living in suburbia, kind of that feeling of like, wait, what's next. And sometimes, you know, some, something for me that I know you and I both feel passionately about Meredith. It's like, when, when you do dive into your health and fitness and for us specifically as coaches, it's like, we know that this can lead to like bigger things, not necessarily financially. Yes. That's something. And like, obviously like awesome friendships. Like I would not know you without coaching, which is so weird. Cause you're like one of my <laughs> go-to people, so like, sad to my, think like closest friends. Um, about. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's one of those things too, where, um, yeah, it, it sets you up. Like when you had a, a really like, you know, a, a, a setback. Right. And, you know, you've heard me say a million times, like you can't have a comeback without a setback. And, um, with so much grace and empathy, I kind of want to go into what you went through here. So tell us a little bit about your journey to wanting to become a mom and kind of what happened. Um, yeah. and we'll go from there of how you climbed out, but let's start with that piece of this story, which I know Absolutely. is really hard, <laughs> but you're no, going to, okay. someone is listening to this who needs it. Yes. And I probably will get emotional because I'm an emotional person to begin with. Um, but I'll probably, I'll be okay. Um, but no, I want to mention this before I get into this. When Kate said, you know, no setback, no comeback. I vividly remember getting that message from her when I was talking to her about, you know, when we just went through a loss and it was something that always rung in my head. And I always reminded myself, like, how do I actually want to come back from this? You know, it's like really reframing that. Like, like actually, do I want to just keep going through the motions and having a hard time getting out of bed, which happened, or do I really actually want to have a comeback and be a better person? And I know, I know without a doubt that that experience prepped me to, you know, be the person I am now and the mom I will be. So anyways, so back for, okay, let's go back to last summer. I remember being on my 
birthday trip with Drake, my birthday, and we had never really talked about having kids. We always were just like, you know, not, not really the right time in quotes, because there's never a right time, as we know, any other mom who is listening. But we were on my birthday trip. And I remember we were at like breweries and different restaurants and hiking. And I saw a lot of like couples with a baby. And for some reason, I'm like, gosh, I just like, I think I'm really ready to have a kid or have a baby. And I told Drake that when we got back from that trip, he goes, me too. Like, well, let's just, let's start trying. You know, we didn't have any, we didn't have many expectations on the journey. Um, And we just, we were very faithful people and we just prayed and you know, just knew that it could take longer, could happen quickly, who knows. So we started last summer and a few months later we found out we were pregnant. It was in September um, of 2020. And we were in the middle of like a fixture upper, like we gutted our entire house. <laughs> it's kind of like on the ups and ups now, thank goodness. But we were in the middle of that fixture upper, which is testing every bit of my patients because I am OCD about my house. I like it to be clean. And I was living in a house where I couldn't walk without my shoes on. Um, things were inconvenient. Our kitchen was moved every like a couple of weeks. Our refrigerator was in our garage. Um, we didn't have any working appliances. Like it was insane. That less, that, that in itself taught me a lot. <laughs> but um, then we, on top of that, then we're like, let's just start a try, trying for a family. We found out in September, we were expecting, I found out pretty early on in the pregnancy because I knew we were, we were trying. So I took the test right when I had missed the first day of my, my cycle and I was ecstatic and also just like, oh my gosh, this is, this is happening. And I will tell you that I was so excited by also, even in that pregnancy, I will say my biggest weakness in life. And this is something that taught, I learned a lot about myself with this and my, my miscarriage um, my is my ability to like, like let fear seep in my head pretty quickly. And even in my first pregnancy, I was still like really scared and things were fine. Like I had the normal symptoms, I would say like tired the first part of the trimester, my first trimester, all those things. Um, we scheduled our first doctor's appointment. So I went in at nine weeks and at that nine week ultrasound, that was when we found out the baby had no heartbeat. And it was one of those things where I'll collect myself because I, every time I say that, I just get a little like choked up, but I was first of all, so thankful Drake was able to come because I know a lot of women who lived through pregnancy and the pandemic, they didn't get that, that blessing. So I will say I was very grateful. He was there holding my hand the whole time. And I just remember just like hearing those words that I'm so sorry, your baby has no heartbeat. Just like everything stopped. And in that moment, I was so, so pissed. Like, I will tell you, I was pissed. Yeah. I was just like, why do, I think it was that initial feeling of, you know, I have always worked on my mindset. But it was that initial feeling of like, why do bad things happen to have to happen to good people? And it was like defeat and frustration. And I was, of course, just like, so sad. That ride home from the hospital that day, um, Drake and I, we had a 30 minute drive home because we're in a very rural area and we're choosing to see a midwife. So we had a 30 minute drive home. We got home that day. He didn't go back to work and we laid on the couch and watched Chits Creek and that show, just a plug, man, it got me yeah. through that loss. <laughs> that show just brought me so much comic relief. But, um, after that point, so that was, um, in the end of October, we went to our nine week appointment and found out we are just shy of nine weeks along and, our baby was not going to, or did not make it. So that's really the experience of just like leading up to 
wanting children and our loss. And I don't know where you want to go from there, but that was the experience there. I know that could be triggering. So I, I appreciate you sharing it. And I think it's, it's one of those things where the reason I, I just think it's so many women go through it, but they don't talk about it or they like, you know, like it's that one degree of separation. Like if you're listening to this podcast, like, oh, I feel like I know Kate. And now you feel like, you know, Meredith. And so if you've gone through this experience, like, I just want to say thank you, Meredith, for sharing that. Cause it's, it's really brave and really hard to, to share what you just shared. But I think the, the power in that is that someone is listening to this who now doesn't feel alone. And I also think you just gave permission to so many people who have been through the same thing to be like, you were pissed. And that's okay because that's really hard. And I think that's a very natural reaction with loss. I know it's not a pregnancy loss, but I've experienced sudden loss in my life. And, you know, anger has been that default too of like, well, what the hell? Like you're doing everything quote unquote right, or you're going through life doing things. You're not a bad person, but you know, we live in an imperfect world. Right. And we know that. And so I think it's just really brave to share it. And mostly that, you know, someone now knows that they are not alone. and, and Meredith, I know you, I mean, you and I are really close. I feel like, um, you know, when you went through this, I knew pretty quickly and as just a, a friend on the other side who did not experience that, um, it definitely made me look um, differently at my own pregnancy because I was pregnant at the time and luckily didn't have to go through that. But I think even too, as women, we all have such different experiences and we compare ourselves because I would have moments where I was like, I don't like being pregnant, but then I had you who is going through this terrible loss. And then I had other friends who couldn't get pregnant and they'd been trying fertility treatment. So I think like something even too of a a little segue here for if you're listening to this and you're a woman and you know, you don't maybe fit into my box or Meredith's box, like the, you know, or, or, you know, that we're trying to conceive and we've never even had a pregnancy, like your box is okay where you are. And like everyone's journey to motherhood looks so different and your experience looks so different. And um, I'll share this quick too even coming up to leading this podcast, like I love following your pregnancy journey, Meredith, because I know what you went through to get to it. And I'm in the thick of it now with a newborn, well, she's still newborn at almost four months, whatever, with a baby. And I even had a moment like looking at your stuff where I was like, well, what the hell was wrong with you, Kate? Like you got fucking pregnant easy. I will say that you were blessed with that, but it's like, why didn't you like, like what was wrong with you? And it's like, I don't think anything was necessarily wrong with you. It's just like, we're all different and that's okay too. So give yourself that permission. If you're listening to this to like each person's experience is different and it's beautiful and unique in its own way. And I think that's something that we can embrace too. Right. And I want to just interject for a moment and just say, you know, I've had that moment too, where it's like, or not even a moment, but I've, we've had our ups and downs in this pregnancy, a lot of fears and like some red flags that have come up in our appointments. And we've had to go back for to double check things and all of those things. And I just want you like being pregnant or not, or you've had troubles conceiving or you're going through infertility or you've experienced a loss. It's like, once I reminded myself, you know, like there's no perfect journey in pregnancy or motherhood. And it's like, you might not see what happens a lot of the time behind the scenes for people. And it's just like Kate said, like your box is perfectly the way it's meant to be right now. And it's like, Kate, sometimes saying this would embrace that journey of it because it's not perfect, but it's yours for a reason. And in those those things you're going through, whether it is like trying to conceive or having difficulties in pregnancy or not even enjoying it, there's a purpose for or an underlying lesson in there, I think, you know, what we can really, which we'll talk further about, but absolutely, absolutely, Meredith. So 
what did you do after that? You know, Schitt's Creek, yes, plug for that. Um, but, you know, I know that you had days where it was hard to get out of bed. It was hard to put on pants and like get going for the day. So what did you do to make your way through it? And I don't think it's one of those things like, you, you, it's not like you can, speaking to boxes, you don't just like box it up and put it on the shelf. Okay, now I'm done. It's, but what is the process that has helped you through the grieving process of losing that first baby in that pregnancy? Um, what, what, what are some things that you did? Absolutely. So I, like I mentioned, when I was sharing just a bit about myself, my tools in my toolbox from my morning routine to just um, personal development and a supportive community and my fitness are the main things that got me through. And we could probably unpack those for hours and hours. Um, but like Kate mentioned, I, after we experienced our loss, I live a public life. Like I share my life on social media. Um, after that loss, we did not share that we had experienced miscarriage. Uh, it was our choice to heal from that privately with that exact situation we were in. But I was also sharing, you know, that I was going through a hard time and I was just sharing through that process. And it became, it came kind of like my, my healing way to just like interact with other people who were going through harder times. And I used, I did my best to use those downs to, to really just inspire along the way. Cause I know that, that you know, it's, vulnerability is um, a powerful thing. And it wasn't like I was airing my dirty laundry or anything, but I was doing my best to just like put one foot in front of the other and just share that with someone else who might be feeling the same way. But like Kate mentioned before, like I said, I had a lot of mornings for, I would say several weeks where it was hard to get out of bed. And it was, it was something where I just kept telling myself, I'm like Meredith, like I was allowing myself to feel the feelings I was feeling. Um, I sought out, I mean, therapy, of course, I'll put a plug in for that. Um, but also you guys, it was something where I just told myself, I, I read this quote one day and it came across it by accident and became my mantra in my miscarriage and healing process after of like really getting myself through is what's the, the phrase was what's meant for you won't pass you. And I also had a good friend who had also experienced a loss. Um, and this is kind of something that helped me as well was seeking out someone else who, you know, who's gone through a loss because 99% of the time, if someone, you know, has openly shared that with you, or, you know, someone they're willing to talk, um, it's, a, I mean, a hard conversation to have, but it's so comforting to talk to someone who's gone through the same thing with whatever that might be. Um, but a good friend told me as well, who had experienced a loss the year before that it's okay to not be okay. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. And I was like, okay, if it's not okay, it means my story is not over. Um, and I know those are like fluffier things to begin with, but going back to just like having trouble getting out of bed, I knew, I knew that if I were continuing to just do the things I know made me feel good, even if I was cussing at my alarm, dragging myself out of bed, eating more than I normally had, because I reverted to a lot of binge eating habits in that time. I will be very honest about that. I was like, not even like at home in my body because I gained weight from my first pregnancy. Like it was a lot of other things I was going through, but I knew if I can control one thing or two things, it was my mindset. So my personal development and my morning routine um, and moving my body. So I, to, I was in the middle of an 80 day program actually. And the timing was kind of impeccable. I was right in the middle of that program and I almost stopped, but I also said, okay, what good would that really do? Uh, because it's kind of like the only thing I have right now. You know, it's like I had to really learn how to fall in love with myself again after putting a lot of value on being 
happy through pregnancy or with a pregnancy. And it taught me a lot about just like trusting myself again. And again, like loving myself again, without having the um, external feeling of like, I'm happy because I'm pregnant. So it was fitness for me. I did a lot of my workouts in my basement, not even going to my home gym in the back of our house. I wouldn't even get myself to go out there. I just push play on my workouts in my basement as I watched Christmas movies because it was around that time. I put on Hallmark movies because they brought me joy. Um, I set up my Christmas tree early because that brought me joy. I just did my best to find little things that would bring me joy, even if it lasted for 30 seconds. Mm. And through that program, I just kind of had to really surrender the expectations I had with what was to come. And I really, like I said, just, it was one foot in front of the other. And the old say too is, you know, with that whole, like, okay, one foot in front of the other, like good for you. You kept going. Like there were days where I would pause my workout and I would cry and I would find myself on Google. I would find myself on all of these forums. And when I'd have those moments, like you're not going to be on this uphill climb in your healing journey of anything that you're going through. That's hard, but, and it's, it's to come, it's to realize that that's going to be normal. You're going to have moments where you break, but you have to have that consciousness and that ability to stop yourself, which comes from a lot of personal growth and development. Okay. Asking myself, is this serving me? Mm. And oftentimes I'd literally have to put my phone away or go talk to a friend or I message Kate and say, tell me not today. Um, so those are some things. And the other thing that became it so therapeutic for me was daily walks. Mm. I walked that same gravel road out on the country where we live every single day. And it was one of those things where I would sometimes cry. I would pray. I would just ask God to like, give me signs, not knowing what those would be. Um, but that was just kind of my time to be by myself as well. So it kind of turned into a ramble, but it was really the tools in my toolbox that I have with personal development fitness and having community around me. Hmm. I love all that so much. And I think, you know, it made me think Meredith of the the broader conversation, even as women and, you know, we see the self-love movement and like, love yourself, but it's like, that is so much grittier than just what's on the outside because you had to learn to love your body again for maybe even a feeling of failure of like what my body didn't do, what it was supposed to do, you know? And then on the flip side, when you get pregnant now, you know, this too, in pregnancy journey, there's also a mind where of no matter how much you love yourself, when you see your body, I gained 43 pounds in my pregnancy where it was like, you know, the comparison of like, am I a whale? Like, why am I this? Or why am I that? And even postpartum body. And I think the powerful thing about what you said there is those same tools in your toolbox. Now that, you know, I didn't go through loss, but I am a mom now. And for me, raising a daughter who's upstairs right now, I think I have to be that example of self-love because I'm the first example that she has of body image of what, a how a woman speaks to herself. And you have such a finite amount of years in your life as a mother, where your kid thinks you're, you're, you know, mommy, you're cool. Like, you know, Ellie right now, I mean, let's be real. She's like, oh, this lady, I like her, but you know what I mean? Um, so I just think like those tools in your tool belt, it might just be, you heard Meredith, take a walk, like drink a glass of water, get off Google. Like we can all get off Google. Um, and I just think that's powerful too, because your, your journey to motherhood, I was very anxious in pregnancy. Meredith, I messaged Meredith just as much as Meredith messaged me where I was like, I'm a psycho. Like I'm Googling stillbirths. 
like I have a perfectly healthy body. Why am I doing that? And I think it's our, you know, and, and therapy plug. I went to therapy in my pregnancy to talk through that. And I just actually emailed new therapists today for postpartum because it's a journey and it's the best thing that's going to happen to you, but it's a roller coaster and it's an adjustment and there's ups and there's downs and there's moments you feel like you're absolutely crushing it. And then there's moments you feel like you absolutely suck at this. Like I will be honest last night as I rocked Ellie to sleep and got her to bed, I cried. Cause I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? And it's that's like, hard. there's always yeah. going to be something. And so I mm -hmm. think that's this broader conversation. And a huge reason I wanted you to have, have you on here, Mayor was like, it's, it's about more than just self-love. I work out cause I love myself. It's like, no, like have the self-love to go email that therapist. Cause you might mm -hmm. need more than just, you know, the walk mm -hmm. or whatever. So mm -hmm. just, if you're listening to this and you're in a season like Meredith's or mine or your own individual one, it's like, man, it's, it's worth the climb. And I don't think it ever mm -hmm. stops really. No, no, it definitely doesn't. I think you brought up a good point and it reminded me of something. Uh, there was a time. So when we decided after my body had healed and we were in the place where we, you know, take your time, whatever time you need when you're trying again after a miscarriage um, and a pregnancy loss. But we were at the point where we were like, let's try again. And who was that anxiety ridden as well? And I had this moment in that first month of trying to conceive again, where I was like, Meredith, okay, there will always be fears that will be in your head if you don't learn to just really work through that, whether it's you getting pregnant again or waiting for that positive pregnancy, pregnancy test. Okay. You get the positive pregnancy test. You're going to have the fear again of being, having a loss again. Okay. You find out you have a healthy baby. You're going to have fears of what if I do something wrong in this pregnancy? Like there's always going to be fear and pile up, which is why that mindset piece and the therapy and the self-care, the true self-care, not like a face facial or massage, like the true self-care is so, so important. I would not make it through this pregnancy with the mindset I have if I have not continued to work on myself. Drake, my husband, we've been together since you guys, I was 17 and he was 18, which sometimes <laughs> blows my mind, almost 10 years together. And a lot of developmental years in those early twenties and we're still in our little later twenties. But he told me the, it was like a month ago. He looked at me and he just is like, it was my birthday actually. So two weeks ago, he sent me a message and then told me when he got home that day. And he said, I saw a quote the other day that you should tell people the things you would say at their funeral on their birthdays. And he basically just said like you, the way that you have grown in the past year, especially blows my mind. You're going to be the best mom. I don't tell you enough. Just like the way that you show up for yourself is setting you up to like truly be the best mom. And not just that, but I can see, like you can see your happiness. And I was like, you know, I don't attest that to like any, I don't attest that to being pregnant again. I don't. Like, yeah, it's brought me joy, but I don't, I don't equate my happiness right now to just being pregnant. I equate my happiness right now and joy because I've created that through our loss and overcoming that, but truly being, I feel like a survivor in that journey because it is, it brought me to my freaking knees. Like I, I was rocked and I've had hard things in life, but for some, I shouldn't even say for some reason, but that experience made me crumble, but I needed that 1000% because I was always joyful in life the past four years, especially. And like, I was always finding joy in life. I was experiencing the things I wanted. I was like really achieving goals, but I hadn't worked so deeply on myself like that. And I needed it. 
And not that I would wish miscarriage upon anyone, never, ever, ever in my life. But this can attest, this can go to any challenging thing you go through. It's like, it is going to teach you something. And what it teaches you is up to you. You know, it's like what you get from that experience is all up to you. And that's really the underlying message of it all. It's like, I, I know different than anyone else, right? I'm 27 years old. I'm still pretty young in my, in my years here. Um, I believe I have a lot of wisdom because of the experience, but I think it's more so because of the way I've reacted mm. and adapted. Mm-hmm. And it's just three, I was never this way before I started my even self-care journey of like mindset and fitness. I was the most negative person you'd meet. I hated, I hated Monday through Friday. I was pissed at the world all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, everything's out to get me, but it's just your reminder that you can change anything you want in life. If you're willing to like make those little changes, it's not going to be just one book you read or one fitness program you do. It's the things you do after you fall down and you maybe fail and have a hard time accomplishing and get back up. Like what you do next. Mm. That was a tangent, but no, that was so, no, I was like sitting here like preach girl preach because I think the biggest thing is like, I love that quote of like, did I say that to you? If it's not okay, it's not the end. Cause I've heard that. I before. think it might've been. Yes. I, like, yes. Oh, I, say that? I just said that the other day to a, uh, a different friend of ours, a mutual friend. Um, but I love that because it's like, it doesn't mean that everything is rosy. Like you did not hear Meredith. Like, and then it was really easy and I got over it. Like she said, crumble. Like I thought of like a cookie crumbling like, in a million pieces. And I think the, the thing of you're listening to this and you're going through a season and you're going through a hard time or you're having ups and downs is the fact that like, like it doesn't mean that your life is perfect when you get through it, but you're not not like, if it's a bad moment, it might be a few months, but you can get out of it. You can get out of those places with the proper help, with the therapist, with the daily work, the daily exercise. And I just think too many people, quite frankly, decide to stay down and be like, well, I guess this is my life now. And it's like, no, be mm-hmm. a fucking victor, like stand up mm-hmm. and work your way through it yep. and guarantee you're going to fall down about 55 more times. Yes but you need that reminder that like, if it's not okay, mm-hmm. it's not the end. And I just, I love that. So I, mm-hmm. I think that was, that was yep. all so inspiring Meredith because it's so absolutely real. it is. It's, it's like, you know, we, like you just said, Kay, I feel like so many people get so defeated when something doesn't go their way and like, Oh, but it's just not meant to be. And it's like, you know, really, I think what people, the misconception is like, there's just like the one big hurdle you have to get over. But trust me, like whether you're experiencing a loss or you lost your job or you lost a loved one, like whatever it is, it's like, there's always like, once you get over that first hurdle and if you fall down, it's okay if it takes you longer to get back up. Sometimes it takes you longer. Sometimes it's like a brush off the shoulder. I'm getting a lot of analogies. And sometimes it's like, you got the scraped knees and like bruises and like, it's harder to get back up, but you can't stop. Like, what's Mm -hmm. the point of that? It's like, if you stop, you just stay where you are or you go backwards or you make those little steps every day to just be like a little bit better because it takes time. Like there's no end date on that. Like an example of a real life example right now, I'm still sometimes anxious in my pregnancy. I have a healthy body. I'm taking care of myself. I'm ensuring that I'm doing what I can to be healthy for myself and baby. That doesn't mean my fears go away, but how I look at them is different. You know, you see the difference. It's like, we can have that. It's the mindset. Mm-hmm. as we know, which is why these people are listening to this episode yes. or in your, to your podcast in general, but it's such a powerful, powerful thing. Mm. Oh, 
man, fires me up. No, I love it. I'm like, yes, I love when Mary goes on her tangents. It's my favorite. Um, okay, Meredith, as we start to, and I just, I just want to say thank you again for sharing all this. Cause I know that it's not easy, but I truly believe someone is listening to this and reach out to Meredith, reach out to myself and just know that you're not alone, whether you are in that same boat as Meredith and you're experiencing the loss or you're coming back and you have your rainbow baby, or, you know, even if you're the friend, like, I just think, uh, you know, as someone who was with Meredith through her side, through this, like when Meredith would message me, I just listened and just like, would say stuff like, yeah, go cry, but, but like, it's going to be okay in a little bit, but not like that dismissive, like you're fine, Mare. It was like, no, that's really hard. Like, I think the best thing you can do as a friend and, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong in this, but I think it's just being that listening ear and like letting them say whatever it is. I know I've said some really irrational shit to Meredith. Too. <laughs> um, but even too, like I shared, like I had a very anxious pregnancy and I would be like, Meredith, I'm really morbid, but this is what I think, you know, like those intrusive thoughts, that's, that's a literal real thing in pregnancy and postpartum. So if you're listening to this mm -hmm. and you've had intrusive thoughts, go seek out a therapist. Like you're, you've got to help yourself if you have those types of things. Um, but yeah, I just think mm -hmm. being a listening ear is, is so important. Um, so as we wrap up Mayor, what are mm -hmm. you most looking forward to in motherhood and what are you most, um, nervous about because I'd love to follow up when baby's here like later on and, and oh. see what you said so like maybe let's start with what are you apprehensive mm. about because I think that's going to be super relatable yes and then what I'm are you sure looking forward to in motherhood as this baby oh. and Meredith doesn't know what she's having everyone so no, just know we're not. he's like me and has a little surprise cooking in there surprise I think everyone else is more anxious than we are to know yeah I, I mean know. that's how it's <laughs> but I would say the thing I'm most apprehensive about and most nervous quote unquote about is not I love babies I've got lots of younger siblings I work with younger kids forever so newborn having a newborn doesn't scare me what I'm worried about is how ornery I'm going to be with my lack of sleep because my husband says if you get up from a nap because I nap well napping like I fall asleep on the couch at 7 p.m he's like if I wake Meredith up between seven and nine I know not to to take anything she says to heart because I turn into a raging bee but that's my biggest thing and I know every mom who's listening is like yes I feel you and I know <laughs> what you mean I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fine but that's my biggest thing with like the sleep yes okay it's hey, not forever you want to hear, yeah. yep. you hear a tip I learned real quick about that yes this this is relatable too. Um, actually heard this from Steve Asplin. If you guys listen to Molly Asplin's podcast, The Dream It Do It, she was on a few weeks ago. Steve made a joke that whatever you say to each other between 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. doesn't count. <laughs> just say sorry right away. I was like, and me there and Jack go. definitely abided yep. by that. <laughs> and just know you still love your spouse. I mean, Zach and I have definitely had moments too where like we were both tired. Like one time Ellie got up in the night and he's like, I hate this. And I was like, no, you don't. And the next day he's like, yeah, I didn't really mean that. Or like literally, I will be super frank. One time because <laughs> postpartum mm. hormones are insane like pregnancy hormones are insane but so are postpartum one time we're just gonna spill the tea here uh I can't remember <laughs> what Zach did it was so dumb and I was like I hate you <laughs> and he, like, looked at me and I came back like 10 minutes later, I was like I actually don't hate you I really love you. he's like I know it's like you have these moments like you're gonna irrational you're like what the fuck but you'll get through it um, oh my gosh I love it you will you will be okay and that's why God made energized yes uh, amen to that <laughs> Um, okay, now what are you most looking forward to? Oh gosh, I won't cry. It's okay. I'm not gonna cry. Cry. <laughs> I'm just like truly. I it, as I'm like in my third trimester, I like there's more movement and like on the ultrasound pictures you can see the features and the nose and the fingers and the mouth and you start thinking about like who they look like. Is it mom? Is it dad? Is it both? Is it a boy or girl? Because we don't know. 
And truly, I'm just like so excited to, and this isn't, this isn't selfish at all. I, I'm grateful to say this, that our baby is going to be raised in a household. Like I'm looking forward to them being in a household where their parents truly love each other and value each other and take care of and model what life can really look like. Cause I didn't have that growing up. And I think that's the coolest thing. And I know it's because of just, we talked a lot about this, but the work I've done on myself and my husband has continued to do on his self and the way that we take care of each other and us as individuals isn't just important for us, but it's like the future generations coming behind us of our own children and our children's children. And that is something I'm so freaking excited about and like so proud to say, because I, I know if I hadn't gone through the experience in the past several years and really done that work on me, this baby wouldn't be living in the household they will now. Mm. So, and being in growing up in this household. So mm. I love it. I can't wait to see who's cooking in there. Cause it's going to be Ellie's little Same. bestie. I can't <laughs> wait. I literally can't wait. Oh, I can't wait either. Oh my gosh. It's me here soon. I know. I'm so proud of you, Meredith. And I'm so proud of you for sharing this story. And if you are listening to this right now and you're on a walk or you're walking your baby or you're in a season, truly just know you are not alone in, in pregnancy and in postpartum. And it's hard and it's beautiful and it's messy and it's awesome. And it's so many things, but um, just remember like you're on your own unique journey and, and it's beautiful in its own way and you'll get through it in the hard days and you can appreciate the good days even more. So I cannot wait for you to, Amen. well, you already are in the mom club cause you are pregnant with a child, but I can't child. wait for it to physically be here. Um, Same. Meredith, where can people find you on Instagram? Where can they, you know, plug your podcast, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Absolutely. My podcast is a messy truth podcast on anywhere you listen to any podcast. So Spotify, Apple, whatever. I don't even know all the platforms there are yeah. anymore, but anywhere you listen to podcasts and then on Instagram, it's at Meredith Borsgaard. Perfect. So, and I'm like Kate stated, I'm very open to answering any questions in my inbox. If you have related to loss or resources or things that I did in my experience. So yeah. And happy she's to be here trimester people. So when you reach out, I'm going to do a plug that just says, Hey Meredith, listen to the podcast. Are you in a mental space to answer this question right now? <laughs> I will let you know. <laughs> Just maybe start oh with that. Because third trimester is a real treat when you flop in that yeah. belly over in bed and you're like, oh shit, I can't. <sighs> I know. And you're getting up to the bathroom and all those things. I know it's things. literally only women listening to this. So ladies, let me tell you on the other side, how amazing it is when you're laying on your stomach and even more amazing when you're done pumping <laughs> and your tits are normal size again. <laughs> and can lay down on them. Oh my God. That's awesome. Yes. It's my oh. tits and I don't regret it. And I, I guess on that, so I mean, what else more do you need from the Kate Tig podcast? We, we had a hard conversation and some inappropriate words. So I think <laughs> from the there, perfect mix, <laughs> sign off. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. And I just appreciate all of you being here. Send Meredith love in her third trimester here and send love to that baby and some prayers. And uh, we'll see you next week on the Kate Tate guys. Thanks, Mayor. Thank you.